Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. There is a difference when you learn to walk in the, the word of God and in the will of God. There is a difference in your life. You know, when Pastor um, Mark mentioned to me about speaking tonight, the only word I started to get was joy. Walking in joy living in joy, and I begin to think about my daily life. How much of my life, what percentage of my day am I filled with joy? And how much of it is filled with other things? But what part of my life is filled with joy? Some people go through um, moments of joy. Some people learn to live in minutes of joy. Some people learn to live in hours of joy. Some people learn to live in days and months and years of joy. You, you need to learn to live in years of joy. No matter what age you are, how old, how young, we need to be learning to live in more and more joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And if you want to live in strength and, and not be defeated, and brought down, we need to learn to walk and abide in the joy of the Lord. And this is not just a happiness that comes when, when things make you happy. This is a joy that comes from within. An inner joy that springs forth because of the Word of God. That joy comes when you begin to, to meditate and learn on the Word of God. I only have four pages tonight. No, don't be scared. I, I thought I had a lot of scriptures, and when I handed it to them, I said, I'm sorry about all the scriptures. They said, oh, this is nothing. Pastor uh, Chris gave them a novel the other day. So it's a good deal. I don't feel bad now. Uh, Psalms 43.5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Do you ever find yourself in a position that you do? You just feel down and out. You don't want to get up in the morning because you don't want to face your job. Maybe you don't want to face your kids. Maybe you don't want to face your parents. Maybe you don't want to face your spouse. Maybe it's sickness that you're dealing with. Maybe it's grief or sorrow or something from your past that you can't seem to shake. But for some reason, you just don't want to face the day. And you know, you might be going through the day, you might have got up in a great mood, feeling good, everything's going good, and then all of a sudden, that thought just triggers. And it just seems to put a block in front of you, a wall in front of you that just kind of stops you. And if we're, if we're not careful, we'll fall into that trap. It's the trap of the enemy to get you off, off course of what you're supposed to do in that day. Every day is designed and appointed by God. Every day that we have is designed and appointed by God. So there's something for you to do in the kingdom of God every day that we live. Don't allow yourself to be tripped up and, and um, caught off guard and, and off base of what God wants us to do. 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the Amplified says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. When we're born again, we have a new nature. 
the nature, the very nature of God is who we are. There is nothing depressing. There is nothing sorrowful. There is no grief in God. There's no hate in God. All those things are of an old nature or a previous nature. When we are born again, we take on the life and nature of our Father. Do you know of anything bad about our Father? Our Father is good. And our Father's goodness is not based on what happens in your life. Our Father is good because the Word of God says He's good. He is a good God. We can't determine who God is by our experiences. And we can't determine the will of God by our experiences. We must determine the will of God and the nature of God by His Word and His Word alone. What happens in our life does not determine who God is. But the Word of God determines who He is. So we can't allow experiences in our life and things that happen to our family to, to set up a standard or, or a picture of who God is. Maybe you didn't have a good father. Maybe um, he was not the best example for you. Or your mom, your parents were just not good examples of how a father loves. But our father is a loving God. Our father is a good God. He loves us and he desires for everything in and about us to be good. He wants our nature to expose who he is in this earth. Recognize, number one, that one thing to be able to walk in joy and to walk in victory is to recognize what position I am in as a child of God and the authority that comes with that position seated in heavenly places. Did we not just sing about that? Sunday, Tommy, um, he said, well, let me tell you what songs we're doing. I thought, no, don't tell me what songs you're doing Wednesday night. But he did. And he said, was that help you any? I said, no. And actually just kind of dismissed them. And then tonight as we were singing them, all the things that, that there were so many things in what we were singing, I thought, oh, wow, almost all of that's in my notes. God is so good. The Holy Spirit just leads us if we'll follow. Amen? But recognize what position I am in as a child of God and the authority that comes with that position, seated in heavenly places. Ephesians 1, 17 through 23. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Any of you want wisdom and revelation tonight? Well, if you ask the Father, if you ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and revelation tonight, the word is being spoken, the word is being taught, you will get it. You will receive. He's not going to withhold that from you. So that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Do you believe? Amen? That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things, how many things? All things. God placed all things. There is nothing in your life that is greater than where Jesus is sitting in authority. He placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. For who? For the church, which is his body, 
the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And then in Ephesians 2 verse 4, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. We are alive with who? With Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us where? With him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We have been seated with Christ. And the authority that Jesus has has been given to the church. We have that authority. And if we want him to change things for us, we have to learn to speak the word. We have to learn to step out in faith and act out on his word. Jesus didn't die because he needed power. The death, burial, and resurrection was to give us the church power. Jesus didn't need any power. He had power. So his death, burial, and resurrection was to give the church power, to give the church authority. He didn't do this for himself. He did this for us. 1 John 5 verse 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And that's where we miss it sometimes because we just expect God to do everything. We'll fix this, God. Well, you got to stand in faith for that. That's our battle. Our battle is to stand in faith on the word of God. He has the victory. We have the victory. He has defeated the enemy. But our battle is standing in faith. Our faith on his word gives him the right to see us through. John 16:33 I told I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart I have overcome the world Peace is so important to live in It is so important to learn to live in peace guys You need peace in your life and I mean from an early age you need to learn to walk in peace It'll help your health It'll help your relationships. If you're alone, it will give you rest. It will give you peace. In the Amplified, it says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you will have tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished, my victory abiding. Romans 8, verse 37. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced. You need to be convinced with the word of God. Don't just read it haphazardly. Convinced. Let the word of God, get the word of God in you until you are convinced. And that's when that joy starts rising up. That's when that boldness starts rising up to stand up in faith, to stand up against the devil. Is, is when you become convinced with what the word says that it's true. I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. I don't think they can cover anything else. That, that pretty much covers it all. We'll be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If we don't feel the love of God, we've stepped away. God hasn't left us. The Holy Spirit is abiding within you. If you're a born-again Christian, the Spirit of God is, has not left you. You may not be tuned in anymore, 
but that can be fixed real quick. We've not been promised a life without trials, but we have been promised a life with peace and authority over the enemy. We do have authority over the enemy. Number two is recognize and identify who the enemy is. Sometimes we think we're, um, when things aren't going good and you dread to get up and face your family or dread to get up and face work or the people you deal with at work, they're not the enemy. Your past is not the enemy. Grief is not your enemy. All those things come from the enemy, but the devil is your enemy. Non-Christians are not your enemy. Government's not your enemy. The devil is your enemy. So recognize and identify who the enemy is. John 10.10 in the Amplified, The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. We want to walk in a life where joy is overflowing. We don't have to put on our Sunday face because it's coming from here. And when it's in here, it's going to flow out of here. There's nothing like having to put on your Sunday face when you just don't feel like it. 1 Peter 5.8 Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Don't let it be you. Because if, if, if you let him, he will. Don't let it be you. Know that it's him that, that, that is coming against you. When thoughts come that are against the nature of God, know where they're coming from. Know that it is the enemy. Anything that tries to attach itself to you that doesn't line up with the word of God is from the enemy. That is not the Holy Spirit giving you any thought against the word of God, any thought against the divine nature of God. That includes grief, sorrow, disappointment, discouragement, anything in your past that just shows up once in a while that you thought you were over. Well, be over it. Don't let it creep back in. Don't let it creep back in. He's just looking for an opportunity. All he wants is an opportunity. And, and if, you, if you open the door, he's just going to wedge in a little bit more. But you've got to keep those doors shut. And it is a daily, sometimes minute by minute, that you have to deal with, that you have to do by closing the door. No, I'm not going to open the door to that. I'm not going to open the door to sorrow. I'm not going to open the door to grief. I'm not going to open the door to discouragement or disappointment. People are going to disappoint you. You're going to disappoint yourself. And if you'll listen, the enemy will tell you God's disappointed in you. God's not disappointed in you. God loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. He defeated Satan. Do you think he's going to be against you? He's against the enemy that comes against you. But he's not against you. He's for you. All of these are just distractions to keep us from being the ministers of reconciliation that 2 Corinthians talks about. We have been called to be ministers of reconciliation. We have been called to further the kingdom of God. And all of these things that come against us are trying to stop you from doing that. 
That's all they're doing. They're just trying to stop you from doing and being who you're supposed to be. We're to further the kingdom of God. And, I mean, you know, if you walk in work mad every day and mad at the world and mad at your wife or mad at your husband or mad at your kids, that's not a very good witness. It's kind of hard to follow up with God loves you, you know. And every bit of that is, is a distraction to keep you from being that witness. You know, what do you do? Well, you just ask God to forgive you and go on. Just close the door, slam the door. You're not going to be that way. We're ambassadors. So don't miss out on your assignment by the, allowing the, door, uh, the devil to keep you from walking in victory. Number three, know what my weapons are and how to use them. You know, it's pretty bad to have weapons and not know how to use them. I mean, you can actually hurt yourself with weapons if you don't know how to use them right or help hurt others. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Yeah, you got to take your thoughts captive. You got to get a hold of them. Stop them. How do you do that? You replace them with the Word of God. You replace them with the Word of God. I'm mean, I going to tell you to not think about that screen back there. And what are you going to think about? The screen. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Well, that don't work. But I can tell you about heaven and how great heaven is and how great I, I love and our Jesus is. And you automatically begin to think about that. So your thoughts, when they become negative and, and Satan brings thoughts into your mind of, of how you're not going to make it, you're defeated, you might as well give up, just forget this. You've been believing God for this forever and it's not happened. you got to replace those thoughts with the word of God. Know what your weapons are. Know what you're fighting with. Know that what you have works. The Word of God works. Amen? Make sure you're still with me. Philippians 4 verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Anybody ever get anxious? But in every situation. How many? Every situation. By prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, don't forget to be thankful. The word says to be thankful. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Mm, there's a thought. Put it into practice. We can't just read it or hear it. We have to put it into practice or it's not going to work for you. I mean, if you don't put it into practice, it is not going to work for you. All the authority that Jesus has given us 
will do us no good if we don't use it. But we can use it. It's there. And the God of peace will be with you. Just the word victory, I looked this up, you know, just for, for the fun of it. An act of defeating an enemy or opponent in a battle. An act. You got to do something. An act. Now, Jesus has defeated the enemy. But your position is in faith, in his word, speaking his word. Saying, I am an overcomer. I am who God says I am. I do have forgiveness in my heart. I do have the love of God in me. I will walk in forgiveness. I will be happy. I will have joy in my life. I will walk in love. I will not hate. The love of God is inside of me and I'm going to make this work. I'm going to follow the will of God. Bible knowledge acting upon is power. Need to say that again. Bible knowledge acted upon is power. When we allow worldly influence that contradict the word of God to be preeminent in our lives, then we open ourselves up to live defeated lives. You know, Pastor Mark has told us over and over, especially this last year, get off social media if you're looking at all negative things. Whatever you put your heart and mind to is going to influence you. And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then it's influencing you in a way that is not good. Do what you need to do to cut off bad influences. Cut them off. That might even be a friend. Temporarily. Or permanently. Whatever the Holy Spirit convicts you of. But if you have an influence in your life, whether it be something that you turn on and watch, or you turn on and listen to, or places you go, or people you see and visit with, turn them off. The Word of God, whatever you you set your heart and mind on, is going to be the direction that you fall in, is going to be the direction that you follow. So make sure that the Word of God is the greatest influence in your life. We can't flood our hearts and minds with worldly thinking and expect to walk in peace and victory. It's just not going to happen. You'll have moments of victory and moments of peace, but you won't walk in the, the life that I'm talking about where you walk in a daily joy, a daily place of victory. Does that mean that there aren't going to be any trials? Does that mean that you're not faced with something every day? Absolutely not. As long as we're in this world, we're living in a fallen world. And as long as we're here, we are always going to come up against something that just makes us want to cuss. You know, it just makes us want to turn around and go the other way. Just pull the sheets back over my head and forget this day. But we have to make a choice. Where are we going to stand? What are we going to stand on? Make a choice. And it is a daily choice. And like I said, sometimes it's a moment-by-moment choice. Okay, well, I messed up that one, but I'm going to make a different decision this time. There's nobody in here that's lived a perfect life. We've all messed up. We all messed up today, probably. Might have messed up right before we walked in here. But we've got another breath. We have another breath. We still have a breath inside of us. We still have life in us. 
So we have the Word of God in us. We have the Spirit of God in us. That power, that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is inside of me. Amen? He's inside of you. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be op- are to open to be on your hearts. I'm sorry. Hold on. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk around the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. In other words, he knows that we need the word before us at all times because he knows what we face. He knows what's up against us. But there's victory and there's power in his word. And we have that authority to use that word to make a difference. Uh, verse In chapter 6 of Deuteronomy, beginning in verse 1, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may, you may enjoy long life. He doesn't just say have long life, but he said enjoy long life. There's a difference between living a long life and enjoying long life. I mean, all of us have dealt with frustrations and where we just want to quit and give up. But why not live a joyful, wonderful life? And you can go to therapy, and I'm not against therapy. If you need counseling, that's great. But the Word of God will make a bigger difference in your life than anything you can get a hold of. I'm not telling anybody in here not to go to counseling at all. But get in the Word of God if you want a difference in your life. Find out what the promises of God are. Find out who God is in you who you are in God, who you are in Christ, that you're seated in heavenly places. Let the Word of God become big and strong inside of you. Feed on the Word of God. Find your voice in the Word of God. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. 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 Man, I need to tell myself that Lots of times. Rejoice. I just went through uh, um, several months at work where I wanted to give up, wanted to quit, walk away, and we own the business. (laughs) But um, it was just consuming my time seven days a week. I mean, I was lucky if if I didn't get any calls before 4 and didn't get any after 8.30. And, and, you know, after a few months of that, I've had enough. And I wasn't very pleasant to live with. That's Tommy. But you just want to walk away after a while because you let something consume you that's, that's not healthy, that's not, not good for you. And I can't say that, that every day I turn to the Word of God on it. And those type things can really take a toll on you. 
But he's telling us to rejoice when those things are coming against us. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. That's when it makes a difference. Not once the storm's gone. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Find your voice in the word of God. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Luke 10 and verse 20. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I'm just finding things in the word of God now that I can rejoice about. When things aren't going, you don't have to necessarily find uh, something that, that's going to correct your problem per se, but find something in the word of God that gives you something to rejoice about. He said, rejoice that your name's written in heaven. That's something to rejoice about. And when everything is coming against you and you can't think of anything else to rejoice about, rejoice about that. Say, no, Satan, not today, not today. My name's written in the, in, uh, the book of life. My name's written in heaven, and I'm going to rejoice about it. I choose to rejoice about it. What do you think about that? You can't go there. And when I get there, I don't have to deal with you anymore. But while I am here, you're defeated. Because my Savior has authority and a power over you, and He's given that to me. And I have authority and a power over, over you. Yeah. He is a good God, and He wants us to walk and live in victory. Luke 15 and verse 7. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who, don't, who do not need to repent. If heaven's rejoicing over someone being born again, then we should be rejoicing. And if you can't think of anything else, you think of the last person that you know of that got born again and rejoice. Rejoice. When we see people up here getting born again, we need to be rejoicing. If heaven's rejoicing, we should be rejoicing. Oh, great. That's great. Somebody got saved today. Isn't that good? Rejoice that another person Soul, another person has been brought into the kingdom of God. Rejoice. You want, you want strength in your life? Rejoice. Rejoice. Find the promises of God and rejoice over them. Declare them in your life. Proverbs 18 and verse 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In the Amplified, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Boy, that'll make you want to take some back, won't it? In the message, boy, if that one did, when this one would make you want to. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Ouch. Are you speaking life or death over yourself and your family? Which do you choose? Going back to Psalms 43 and verse 5 where we started. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Can anybody praise Him? He's our Savior and our God. Amen? Stand with me just a minute and let's give Him praise. You think of something in your life. You think of a promise of God in your life and you just speak it out and just thank Him for it right now. Don't allow Satan to have control of your mind. 
Don't allow him to have control of your soul, your emotions. Don't, don't allow him to play with your emotions. Just don't do it. They don't belong to him. They belong to God. And we have to renew our heart, our minds with the word of God. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithaboutaustin.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.